0: Hey guys, on this episode of The Fitness Nerd, we talk to our guest, Lucas Aaron, as we discuss flexibility, strength training, and the effects of stretching can have on overall performance, injury prevention, and recovery. Also, we talk about how to stretch properly and how not to stretch properly. Thanks. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Fitness Nerd. My name is Brad Elliott, and with me as always, my co-host, Jared Laycock, and today we have a very special guest, Lucas Aaron, Aaron, right? Yeah. And uh, so, before I go into anything, uh, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself and kind of talk about a little bit about yourself, then we'll roll right in it into right. it. Yeah. All right, take it away, dude.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm Lucas Aaron. Um, my platform is Range of Strength, at Range of Strength on my socials, and yeah, I've been in the game for quite some time now, I've been coaching for 15 years, Um, started out more strength power kind of um, approach to what I enjoyed doing, and dealt with a few bumps in the road along the way, and that's evolved into what Range of Strength is now, which is a blend of flexibility and strength training to another level that most people don't believe is attainable or is even something that you should touch Mm -hmm. um and i really spend a lot of time diving into how to make that approach come together um and that's yeah i mean that's where i I am now and that's what range of strength is all about is bridging the gap between flexibility training and strength training
0: yeah so i'm gonna say when you say flexibility, I think you're understating what it is you actually can do. I, I met you through a mutual friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, she was like, yeah, uh, he, she knows your wife. And she's like, yeah, her husband does all this crazy flexibility stuff. <laughs> and I was following you on Instagram just by happenstance. I didn't know. And she showed me. I'm like, I follow that guy already. Okay. Well, I didn't even know you were local or anything. Yeah. So, um for a bike ride. And your wife just happened to drive by, and that's what started the conversation. And uh, so that's when I reached out, and uh, and you got back, and we, you know, we, we got a few workouts going and stuff. Because uh, yeah, I feel like we we have uh, the same same line of thinking through most things. So yeah, for but sure. I was like, hey, this is cool, and this guy does everything I can't do. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna you know touch base with this guy because the stuff you can do, man, it's uh very cool. But like you're, you're ultra flexible, but the thing that people don't realize is that you're hyper, you're muscular too. Mm-hmm. And so like your legs are jacked like crazy and you can mm-hmm. still do a full split, which a lot of people think you shouldn't be able to do if you're muscular. Right. Yeah. And so you're kind of breaking down those old myths yeah, when it comes sure. to flexibility. And that's kind of what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when I reached out to you, uh, I realized like the, yeah, you have Courses going and stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. actually do online coaching, and that's what kind of had my brain clicking like, oh, okay, like, yeah. And you've been around forever, which is, yeah, this is skin in the game, totally right, (laughs) yeah. And uh, through Jared, I introduced you to Jared, and he reached out, yeah, same thing, contacted him, right, yeah. And here we are right now,
1: yeah, it's cool to, to connect. And yeah, we've got a few workouts in today, was fun, and yeah, I mean, as coaches, a lot of us that are into the same stuff, we're gonna connect. I think, you know, that's always what's cool about making those connections with other coaches that are like-minded is you kind of start to find that uh, tribe that you're looking for. Like, I think we're all kind of in search of, like, coaches that are interested in the same stuff we're into and maybe have, like, a different way of doing it. But, yeah, that's it's been cool to connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you, You've definitely <clears throat> been changing my mind on a lot of things, mm-hmm. especially in regards to stretching, because I... St- to, this is hard for me to articulate because I'm I'm one of two minds on this. Yeah. Um, because there's stretching and then there's stretching. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's the stretching that you see runners do. They put their leg up on a on a fence and they kind of do this weird chicken stance thing for yeah. two or three times and they go about <laughs> yeah. to run. So people think that's stretching, and then yeah. there's what you do. Yeah. So um, kind of get into like if someone like me who's I'm not totally inflexible, but I I could definitely use more. Yeah. Um, Tell us, like, the initial kind of steps it would require for me to reach out to you and, like, kind of get things going into that, getting that flexibility I I want.
1: So that was what we, our goal was with the Ranger Strength Certification, was to develop um, a course that trained people on how to properly do flexibility training, how to properly implement it. Um, how to approach it initially? How to systemize it? It's there's nothing out there that does that. It's still very much the you know cool down stretching, static stretching. There's no contrast of that with strength training. So it, it is a it is a deeper rabbit hole than what we are commonly told, especially Western civilization. It's it really very much is. Um, strength training so that's when when you start looking at what flexibility is it's strength training towards greater strength and greater range Mm -hmm. so the approach does have to be specific and different it has to there has to be a system in place that is understandable and that's really what the question we're trying to answer is and the problem that we're trying to solve is how do i do that and 99 percent of the people that reach out to me and ask questions about flexibility do Not know how to do that, they, they stretch every day, and that's like always a common answer. Like, I'm looking for help with flexibility, what are you currently doing for it? I'm stretching every day. Okay, how I mean, would you strength train to your max every day? Mm-hmm. It's and that's really when I started to connect with flexibility training. This all started with a serious injury, I ruptured my <laughs> bicep. Um, you know, the doctors and you know, they're amazing for what they did. They repaired my arm, but they're bred to tell you that, like, you know, you shouldn't get yourself to a high level again because you hurt yourself. Like, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the most part, you you won't get to that level you were at, and you probably won't be able to do these things anymore.
0: Pish posh. Yeah, BS. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
1: that's kind of where it was like I got to take this to another level. And I think also it was – being in a situation where I had been strength training and powerlifting to such a level where I I completely uh disregarded flexibility training. So when you're in a position where you can't do what you were doing and you realize I have no flexibility, I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) Because I just wasn't you wanna go deeper and that was when I started making some connections, you know, with like flexibility for gymnastics. Uh and then that way I started finding some of these other guys that you know, are taking it to another level. Uh, we've had them on our podcast, Range of Strength, like Kit Laughlin, Emmett Lewis, and uh, spend time really going hard, researching their stuff. And none of it's mainstream. That's the main thing, right? It's like, you can't, it's not easily accessible, and it's not e- It's not being really marketed to general population, because for the most part, people are fighting back on it, and they don't want to do it, or they think it's a bad thing. Right. Um, but that, when I started making that connection with strength training and flexibility training. And that was when the game changed because I started, you know, applying what I already had known about strength training to flexibility and just started building this crazy strength in this these big ranges, because it was, just, that was how I just started training. I stopped strength training altogether. And when we do think about um, the gymnast or the martial artist who, you know, has these great ranges of flexibility, they are quite muscular. Mm-hmm. Because of all the time spent in these isometric positions older. and building these world-class strengths, right? Time under tension. Yeah, it is the same thing as what we're doing with external load. It's just, it's a different concept. So, right. six years I spent, really, I was talking to Jared about this when we were training earlier. It was like, what, it didn't happen overnight. It was over what? six years. <laughs> like um, and I would say probably developing the flexibility. I know enough now to know that I can... I can make it happen like relatively sooner than most people think. Still, it's going to take some time, but not, you know, it took me three years to get to the level of splits I was at. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of trial and error and trying to figure out, you know, the best approaches, but in understanding how to implement that with someone who hasn't experienced it before, that's been the last six years. So like trying to figure out, also, it's a big big part of getting people to buy in. Um, because no one's going to do something that they aren't excited about. So
0: part of range of strength is about the excitement. Right. So I imagine you've you've probably gotten a lot of pushback on just talking to people casually. I mean, people reach out to you, reaching out to you for a reason. So mm-hmm. they were already kind of at least willing to be talked into it. But if you're talking to somebody, say, in the gym or on the street, uh, like someone who doesn't really believe in flexibility, who doesn't really care about stretching... How do you, how do you sell that concept to somebody like that, or like how do you get across your point of how important it is to be that flexible? Um,
1: I don't. <laughs>
0: Just wait, watch what you can I, do. Yeah, I don't
1: well, need I mean, you. Demonstrate. No, I, no, I, I always yeah. try to connect with what people are excited about and what they're doing, and I, I feel like I know I can make the connection with that to flexibility training. Right. And it's always that's. I mean, that's the big gap that no one knows about is okay, you love strength training and, you know, flexibility training is actually strength training. No, I didn't. What do you mean? Okay, well, you talk, start talking a little bit more about it. It's just trying to make those connections with what they already enjoy doing or what they think is the best approach. Yeah. Um, and just open that conversation. But, yeah, I think for the most part, there's always going to be people who just don't want to do it. Totally. That's always number one. Like, if you got to decide if you want to do it. And if you really want to do it, you have to go all in. And yeah. as you guys know, it's like, you know, your own training, nothing came easy. No. Squatting and learning how to get strong in a squat. Squatting's one thing. Here's how you squat. Okay, I get it now. Now let's try to get strong. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Jeffrey and I in the range strength puck as we always talk about like, that's always my comparison is and how many times you're a football coach. Mm-hmm. So how many times have you seen this now? You got a new uh, crew of people that are trying to get strong in football, they're just gonna go in the gym and they're just gonna start squatting and trying to figure it out because right. they know that's what they need to do to get strong. Yeah. Like if the culture had evolved to say you need to go in the gym and you need to hold a, a horse stance position, a kung fu style horse stance position for two minutes oh, to get strong, so hard. They're gonna go do that because mm-hmm. that's what does. okay. It's gonna get me strong. Swiss for to an
0: end. Football, right?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's the the problem is is that misconception like and everyone's in the gym wrecking themselves with bad form on a barbell squat, but they're saying flexibility is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And when you put it like that, it sounds... Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay. And, and it all just takes, you know, time and learning and understanding what you're doing. And that's why flexibility coaches are important. And for me, it, was, it wasn't it was even saying, oh, I'm range of Strength, and I have the answers of flexibility. It was like collaborating with more and more coaches and trying to get that out there for other coaches knowing that you can have a bigger impact in the world Mm -hmm. if you as a football coach now apply certain flexibility modalities with your team because you know how to do it now not because you think it's bad for the most part people aren't doing it because they just don't know how to do it right yeah like I don't know how to properly implement this so that it doesn't hurt someone or it doesn't, you know,
2: into an appropriate intensity too. Like just filing your limbs around and getting bendy isn't really doing much for you either. So like you're saying, like being strong in those end ranges and really trying to develop like muscle activation and control in those positions is what it's all about. Oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the,
1: probably the biggest buzz we get from that course is the coaches will reach out and they'll go through uh, the programming side of the lesson. Where it's talking about like programming flexibility and it's like they don't even have to open that lesson to reach out and be like that's messed up and i never even really realized <laughs> intensity <laughs> is like considered and flexible and it is it, is it really
0: tough, you, you know. you're right though it's not at all it's no. people consider it as like the cool down this when you talk about whatever is got going on for the day after yeah. the workout yeah. like they don't think about it as like an extension to the workout or even a full workout in itself yeah, you know? yeah.
2: full workout in itself right for yeah. Sure. yeah
0: and uh i think what opened my eyes to a lot of it like a lot of a lot of people get mobility confused with flexibility too and i'm a big prop- proponent proprietor proprietor yeah <laughs> provider of uh mobility yeah so i mean i i preach mobility up and down, but I've never really preached flexibility so much because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where I've read tons of research papers on flexibility and and stretching per se. And again, they're stretching and they're stretching. Right. Mm -hmm. And every time I read an article, there's no sound evidence that says stretching helps with like recovery. A lot of things that people think it does. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't really help with recovery. It doesn't really help. In t- again, stretching we'll touch touch on this, but it doesn't really help with performance per se. And this is in the military that I've read those stats. So, it it doesn't really do a whole lot for you, in in terms of uh, physical strength or anything like that. Performance improvement. Exactly yeah. right. So, I was I always train my clients, and they're like, "How come we never do stretching at the end?" And I was like, "Cause." You're paying me a lot of money to train you. I'm not going to do something that I don't right. think is 100% effective. You're paying me. I'll show you how to – if you want to do it after your session when you're doing it for free, go go crazy. But I'm not going to stretch you afterwards because I don't really think it does anything yeah. for you mm-hmm. if
2: I'm being – That brings a good question, though, is that the post-workout stretching – um, we kind of all agree. Maybe it's not super beneficial for that recovery day to day, but the pre-workout mobilization. Would you have a different? So thing yeah, you're that? talking mobility versus flexibility, right, brain, right. right? Right. Yeah.
0: So, like, but the FRC kind of turned me around on that, and you're kind of twisting my brain around on that too, because <laughs> what you do is you what you do is more of like you you're able to put your body in odd positions that we're not used to, and then you strengthen that position. Yeah. And for me that i call that just making someone bulletproof like you just make people bulletproof not just to be bendy you're putting them in weird positions and then strengthen that position is that kind of accurate 100 percent. and the thing we got to think about with uh all
1: the research that's been done is it's always for the most part conducted to assess one particular indicator of performance which could be like a quarter squat absolutely military doesn't measure more than a quarter squat position Right, so now you're saying, well, flexibility doesn't need to be, you're always measuring a mid-range, right? but is the end range going to prevent injury? Having strength, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. how do we get that strength in the end range? When this is where FRC has really changed the game because they've provided science and research to show what's happening at a cellular level and at a tissue level when you're holding certain stretch positions, static positions, and what's happening is, and that's the thing too, is you're actually under tension, the muscle is lengthened. It's in an isometric position, which means you're laying down new tissue in an end range that you've never laid down new tissue in before. And that's the problem with these end ranges is no one has the tissue developed to be strong in that range. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, why bother doing it if I can't get in that position? Well, you can get in certain positions where you can lay down tissue to get stronger to get to that point. Yeah. So I think that's where, I mean, that's that was, you know, one of the big things that FRC has done and brought forward is like the science behind... What's happening at a cellular level when you hold a stretch versus, you know, is stretching beneficial?
0: Right, right. And, and therein lies the problem too. Like I think, like with the with the FRC guys, is like if you don't train your body in those odd positions, if you find yourself in them by accident, <laughs> you're not getting out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, you up, if you if you by some happenstance if you end up doing the splits and you can't do the splits, but you say you're playing basketball and you slip. Mm-hmm. And you totally end up doing front split. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna you're gonna injure yourself. For yeah, sure. Whereas your body's
1: it? never been exposed to expose that position. It's your
0: right. central nervous system has no idea what to do with that yeah, information. Exactly. So, like, um, but if, with your philosophy, if you train that position constantly, and not only like that, but you're actually able to strengthen yourself there, you go into the splits by mistake. I mean, you might be like, oh, you might pull something a little bit. Maybe out for the game maybe, but mm-hmm. you're fine by the next day. Yeah. yeah, you're not hobbling around for a month or two or maybe if you if you're, you're growing, you're out for months.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm big on that varsity stuff too so I'll elaborate a little more I guess and they define mobility as a combination of flexibility and strength. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're kind of talking about that as well. Yeah. and uh, they kind of define injuries as occurring when uh, you're under a stress that your body can't handle that capacity yet. Yeah. So range of motion is a big one. If, you're, if you've never been there before, like Brad's saying, you're more likely to pull something when your body has to go there under, like, with no control. But if you can just fall in, and there's some cool videos, too, of some basketball guys who've done FRC, and they go up and they land on, like, a foot, and they just end up on the floor in a 90 and they're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> okay, here we go, back at it. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, maybe they would have torn an ACL or something like yeah. that if they came down and they didn't know how to actually come down to the floor with control and good range of motion and stuff. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. A lot of benefits.
0: Do you find um, this made you stronger? Like in your say, you like you squat a lot. So do you find this new flexibility has made you stronger in a squat, or does it more uh, add to it? Like you know what I mean? Has it given you an, an extra little, an extra little push there, or does it just complement the squat? Well, I would say I wasn't really squatting before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're squatting a shit ton now. Yeah. Well, I I had the you know powerlifters approach to squatting is. I mean, you're com- competing in it, so you're trying to just do what you have to to pass. So, I was a wide stance low bar squatter to push the most weight, and I could get pretty close to parallel to pass heavyweight. Right. So, I was even saying again to Jared, yeah, story, we were training before this episode. Like, I was I'm high bar squatting, and I'm talking about the fact that I can't. I can't feel like I can get the strength out of my squat unless I do bottom out and drive it out of quads, which is something I never even had access to. Mm-hmm. And if anything, if I have a bad set, it's because it's a, my, my brain response to like, is this st- like still unsure if this is a safe position for me to be in? And it is. Yeah. And I can, I can now basically squat, like I've always wanted to squat, like a, a you know, world-class Olympic lifter with totally. the ass to grass. You know, and then it's the question: Why squat that far, or why squat that deep? Because you can access more tissue, you can access more range and more strength. Jeez, because you can, exactly. Why not you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that's the point, right? It's kind of like, well, why would I want to? I get that question a lot. Why would I want to do that? Well, your body's designed to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to go to extremes and work to an oversplit. No. But you should be training that range in some way, shape, form, or capacity, so that you can get strong there and yeah for that worst case scenario where you slip or fall or again rep for rep the squat isn't perfect every every rep is different you're just your body's just accessing range in different
0: ways yeah most of us can do the split when we're toddlers Mm -hmm. I think every toddler can. Like, I mm-hmm. always tell people to squat like a toddler. Every one of them has to grasp. And mm-hmm. don't even think about it. It's only through over time where our brains manipulate our bodies into thinking. They turn us into marshmallows, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just from <laughs> sitting too much and uh, things of that nature, but... Not being in that position. Exactly, yeah. right? You're, you're not used to it. But, mm-hmm. like, you were once able to do it. So why can't you do it now?
2: Mm-hmm. Can yes. I throw out a really crazy analogy here? Sure. <laughs> so if we think about range of motion, like you're in the middle of a field... And what you can see to the tree line is kind of your usable range of motion. So by going into these end ranges and challenging yourself there, you're basically going to the tree line and like chopping some trees down. But if you don't go there enough and kind of maintain that field, then stuff will start to grow back and it'll overgrow and your range will shorten up over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that a fair analogy? Just neglect, right? Yeah, neglect. Use it or lose it principle almost. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exposure. Yeah. And like,
0: I think there's a new way of thinking now and like, The science is backing this up. And I want to hear what you have to say about this, Lucas. But a lot of... The idea now is like flexibility is not... People have have weird ideas of what flexibility is. And what it does to you physiologically. Because it's like... Does it lengthen your muscle? Because a lot of fast twitch guys are against stretching. Because they think it makes you sluggish. Because it reduces... Or it extends your range of motion. Which takes away the explosiveness to your movement. You know what I mean? But... I find the consensus now is that your flexibility is not a matter of your muscles being short or long because your muscles don't work that way. What right. they do is at, as you practice your split, your body is just letting go. Your mind is letting go and being like, it's okay to be here. It's okay to be yeah. here. And you do it over time. and say, like, oh, it's okay to be here. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, you can, your body is fine with it. Yeah, It's your brain that's holding you back. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, 100%. And that goes back to
1: why we need coaches that can coach flexibility because it's, it's the same with anything. No one knows that it's okay to be in the bottom of a heavy barbell squat. They're just told that they should. Yeah, The coach told them to. So if the coach knew how to train flexibility and knew how to cue it, progress it, intensify it, and they could coach that, a person through that, yeah, that's why, you know, that's that's the missing link. People that don't that think flexibility has any value just don't know how to coach it. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, I don't know how to coach it, so I'm not going to bother doing this. Hundred
0: percent, and like you know, I'm. That's why I like this conversation because uh, as me and you were talking about today, like if you can't look back at yourself like every six months and kind of laugh, then mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong. And In this case, I can definitely look back at myself and being like, well, I, I probably should have give it give given it more. Obviously, more credit than it was due. You know what I mean. Mm. But I didn't understand. This is way before FRC or anything like that. So this is at the time I didn't appreciate static stretching mm. for what it was. I just thought dynamic stretching is the way to go along with mobility. But whatever, right? I took care of people's joints, but I didn't look at the flexibility aspect of it. Yeah. And so, so in in on that note, then like if you were if you're like a personal trainer how would you split that up into somebody's routine? Like I say you're training someone three days a week. Like is there like a way you would input that type of, uh, uh flexibility training into their program? Yeah, 100%. Like yeah. how, how would you do
1: it? would uh, measure their ability first. Yeah. So it's one thing that we have built is uh, beginner, intermediate, advanced expressions of ability and flexibility. And once you've measured the ability, you can set targets as to like what that person should be working on. Um, because that's the other thing about flexibility too is you can't go to extreme positions. You need to be at a position that you can comfortably be in t- to make progress to get to the next kind of like position. Similarly, like putting more weight on or more strength, but it has to be scalable. So you do need to categorize a bit level of ability, and that's one thing that we have done with range of strength is we've categorized level of ability. So these positions from what i've studied the last six years and who i've collaborated with are positions that a beginner should know how to express someone at a beginner level of flexibility should know how to be able to express a hands-to-floor pike after Mm. proper training um and then you know you take them through the steps so then you move into it and then people need those targets or they're not going to do it you need to know why you're doing something yeah right why am i and that's again another reason why people won't do flexibility Am I, why am I doing this? Uh, to cool down and to recover from your workouts. Yes. It just has, has that benefit. It does have that benefit channel into recovery and remove lactic acid or whatever. But now, okay, getting more flexible requires targets and specific measurable t- attainable targets Yeah, and you need to know those positions and those positions basically just measure like, you know, hamstring, knee flexion, you know, how are we measuring those things and moving to the next level? Yeah. And then you get into like world class body weight. Uh, we call them ATG split squats, uh, like AstaGrass split squats from Athletic Truth Group, um, which is you know you've seen it. It's like the long lunge with the knee over the toe. It's almost like a split in itself. Okay. You know that would be someone who can do body weight on their back for reps. Would be at an advanced level of range of strength. Whereas you know someone at the low level, maybe at like a very you know just body weight only, learning how to properly build that hip extension and things like that right so it is about having a system and it's about having a reason why like we're in a barbell squat because we're gonna get this strong okay well we're gonna do these movements because we're gonna get this flexible and we're gonna move to these positions and then when people can see what the next step is then there's buy-in Make that yeah. working harder and yeah. I understand like i need to get to this point and that's that's what's happening with like a lot of the programming I've been. and I, you know this comes from someone who's you know i've, I've hired an FRC certified coach should take me through it all and understand it. And I've gone through the material and I've practiced it really hard. And it was like the first time in my six years of training and flexibility higher, where I got really fucking bored. And I was like, um, Alright. <laughs> and anyone that I tried to implement it with just didn't do it.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's hard to buy into. It's you know, an like, hour,
1: you know, you start spending an hour and 90 minutes on like joint like, circles, you know, just rails. sitting there. Yeah. And like ramping, you know, it's, uh, like the, guys, the other thing you're noticing too is the guys that do it well already had pretty accessible ranges when they started doing it, so it is hard to buy into that for me, um, yeah. but that's I think the missing piece there. we bring together with range of strength is we create targets and we measure levels of ability and say, okay, you're at this level, you need to be able to express this before you go here. Right. And it's an expression of range rather than, and it is an expression of strength too, but then people can see why they're doing something and why they're going the next level awesome. and then you get into the splits yeah i didn't know i was going to do a split when i started doing it yeah there's no fucking way i thought i was going to be in a side split a couple years in i started realizing okay well this is the next step i'm going to start going this way i'm going to try to do a split and yeah. start
2: believing that it's actually obtainable i think that's so intelligent too it sounds like correct me if i'm wrong but focus on you know, movement capabilities as opposed to training specific movements Mm -hmm. like a squat or a deadlift, which we all get in, you know, I've done that for sure. All right, day one, let's uh, assess your squat, deadlift, you know, chin up, push up, and then we're going to work on those movements for the next three months instead of actually like teaching you how to hip hinge, let's see what that knee joint has on its own, um, and then building up to those movements down the road once movement capability is there that's the the beauty thing about
1: it too though is if you measure someone's i always use the pike which is like your forward fold right A okay. Pike is like straightening demonstration though but uh I, it's an easy way to always measure and just talk a reference to but yeah you'll measure the pike but you won't necessarily train it mm-hmm. but you'll measure it and then you'll apply your protocols like properly and you'll go back and show the person it's like this is how much ability you've gained in that range right and then they can see, it's like, okay, this is what we're going to next, mm-hmm. and
2: what's the next step? Yeah. And that's it's, why I am excited. Okay. Oh,
0: go ahead. It's, it's, when, I'm, when you're talking, it makes total sense, because I'm like, that's exactly the approach you take to somebody who's trying to get a 300-pound bench press. Right. There's yeah. no different. No, exactly. That's your bench press. Can you not get the bar to your chest because your shoulders suck so bad? Well, let's fix the shoulders first. And yeah. then, then you can analyze it, and then create a program step-by-step on how to get you there. Yeah, right, for sure. It all starts with a sound assessment, and then find out what the yeah, goal is, right? Yeah, and
1: that's, that's what's missing. The flexibility is what coaches don't know what to assess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay. I can assess certain things here, but um, where? How do I get them to this next next level of range? It's not really something I'm familiar with, and that's what we were trying to do. Yeah. Develop a range of strength in that six years of going hard
2: into it was like how is this, this going, how is this going to make sense for people right There's a lot of people revert to using like bands and using external objects to yeah. create that tension right but yeah. we want to be able to do that all temporary fixes yeah yeah it's all yeah. temporary
0: and that's yeah and looking back we used to, i would do mobility work with my people and i myself before every session like for instance um like shoulder mobility i would do that for like 20 minutes before say an upper body workout, just to get my head there so I can, my bar path would be correct when I do an overhead press, right? But, you have to do, it It takes like three months for it to even start to become a permanent fix. Mm -hmm. That's something a lot of people don't realize. They'll do it and like, eh, and take a week off and then go back in and do it again. Yeah, for sure. So that's when it becomes, it'll always be temporary at that point. You'll never, you'll never progress past
2: where you need to be. And that goes the same way with any training stimulus too. Like, you want to squat, you got to do it frequently. You know, you want to get faster. You got to run fast frequently. You practice it. Practice it all yeah, often. for sure. Yeah, repeat it. Thing about practice.
1: flexibility, I will say, is once you do have great access to, you know, high end range and stuff, you don't need to do much to keep it. That's yeah. the big thing. Is like once you have it, you know how to have it, you can
2: keep it. Like, it's then not going to keep much. progressing your strength, right? You won't yeah. kind of hit that plateau, yeah, which exactly. is a mechanical plateau, not yeah. like a muscular plateau. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So I want to talk about two like general misconceptions a lot of people have because flexibility to me is one of the most misunderstood aspects of the fitness world, almost up there with DOMS and what it is and mm-hmm. and uh, but like in the I work in the public sector forever so you get to hear a lot of comments that people make regarding flexibility you kind of just store it in the back of your mind so. What I want to talk about then is the uh, general misconceptions that a lot of people have regarding flexibility um, and things of like what it can do, what it can't do, that kind of thing. So I'm going to shoot out a few things I've heard over the years that I've heard people say, and we can address them one at a time or whatever we want to do. But uh, there's a lot of miseducation going on with the general population right now, and I hear it all the time. So like, I'll start off with like as i said before um especially i'm picking on group fitness a little bit right now it's not that they're doing anything wrong per se but like towards the end of most boot camps or most group fitness there's always a a level of flexibility done afterwards and stretching it's usually five to yeah, five minutes usually rarely is it 10 minutes long but it's really good for people because we were talking it releases endorphins uh enables you to cool down from the workout and kind of it's a really good feeling of a job well done kind of deal. So it's it's valuable in that regard and I i appreciate it for that. But like I've heard people typically say things like if I don't get my stretching done I'm a complete mess the next day or I can't recover right, that kind of thing. And in the back of my head and I just smile and shake my head and that's okay. But in the back of your head you know for a fact that it doesn't do anything for at least that level of stretching doesn't do a damn thing in terms of recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you guys with me on that one? Yeah, or? not a
2: lot. From what I've read, some of the research was saying that it's like more of a placebo effect. If they do get benefit, they just might be able to get in that relaxed state and feel like they're getting better blood flow. And that placebo effect of like working hard and achievement is enough to recover a little bit better for the next day. Yeah. And there but, is research that says there's
1: removal of lactic acid. Uh, with the static stretching post-workout but it's not being conducted properly for that to actually occur mm-hmm. it's not being coached properly you know standing against the wall and grabbing your ankle it's not going to do shit
2: right
0: no it just makes you feel better there's right? no
1: level like to be able to remove the elastic like la- uh, the you need to be in a range where that's going to occur and there's something that can happen at a cellular level like you're just cooling cool. down it's yeah. just a cool yeah and yeah endorphins you feel good from the workout mm-hmm. and you have a chance to actually de- or, yeah, compose yourself and, and recover right right um so people get hooked on that right it yes yeah, it's, that, it's that feel on.
0: good feeling of the post-workout feel good yeah. vibe you get right and that's yeah. the addictive part of stretching that's mm-hmm. but that's not what we're talking about right and that's why i said like you're stretching and there's Stretching. Mm-hmm. So, the 90% of what the general population is doing, at least from what I've seen, aren't really stretching properly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you agree with, with that?
1: There's two sides of that. Yeah, okay. And, you know, talking about stretching to learn to release resting tension and to learn to relax, channeling on recovery systems versus stretching to get stronger in positions. So, that, that's where I think. The frc approach is missing that piece where we do want to teach someone to relax we want to teach someone to channel into their parasympathetic nervous system so that they can l- release that resting tension um, Adrenaline's is always high intensity is always high it's just modern society no one actually knows how to relax mm-hmm. and i'll give you an example of this even just outside of the scope of flexibility work i used to work with a handstand coach and i was trying to unlock a one minute handstand hold And one of the drills he had me do was just staring at a spot on the wall for two minutes every day. So hard. And part of it was (laughs) teaching me to fucking relax for two minutes. Like, not just a minute, but learn to relax and just stare at a spot. And it's not that when I'm holding a handstand, I have to hold it with, like, all my might. And, like, it's actually came to a point where it's like, okay, I'm actually relaxing, breathing here, and I'm just staring at one spot, right? And it's that locus of attention that everyone's missing. And that's, that's what's missing with like, again, it has to be coached, teaching mm-hmm. someone to have a locus of attention, to have their mindset ready to actually think about what they're feeling, not just in the muscles, but in the bones, feel how it's settling, feel how you're contracting against it, which always doesn't have to be a ramping contraction to 150%. You know, it could be right. just contract lightly. What's happening? What are you feeling? Cause it's going to be different for everybody. But I think that's like a missing aspect of coaching and or applying flexibility which people try to get from yoga which isn't always the best approach 95% of the time it's not the best approach because in yoga you're trying to keep up with someone's level of ability that's higher than yours mm-hmm. and there's never a scale this is where you should be and or it's ego driven and no one even does that if it's presented Use the blocks if you can't do this. No one's using the blocks. I use, no, no yeah, <laughs> <not. On> <laughs> use no blocks. Yeah, hell. Yoga, use no blocks. <laughs> so, and I, I've been there, and some of my other uh, um, guys I've been working with, like Jeffrey, we've been there where we're in a flexible uh, yoga class when I started. I used to go to yoga. You know, I started this whole journey and experimented with these different you know, things, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to yoga because you know, people are flexible to do yoga. Mm hmm. I'm standing there for like 15 minutes doing nothing because I can't do what everyone's doing and no one's telling me how to do the next. something else. Yeah. So am I channeling in on, No, I'm not. I'm not actually being coached how right. to, you know, work at my own capacity. More of a mimic scenario, right? Yeah. Monkey see, monkey do kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. People associate weight loss with running because skinny people run. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to lose weight when I start running.
0: Skinny fat people run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's
1: what, you know, someone who's, you know, overweight thinks that running's the answer. Yeah. To losing weight. And
0: they don't move their joints through any range of motion. So they lose a hundred pounds and then they can't bend their knee. Yeah. Well. Oh, it's like, holy fuck, oh, Scary. How often do <laughs> you see that yeah. in the drone population too? And it's not even older people anymore. It's like kids. Yeah. I'm seeing now. It's like touch your toes and they are like, nope. Yeah. And forget about a hinge. Like it's pure spine flexion now, they're like wah, like they're bending over like, like a banana, right?
2: Yeah, goes what we were talking about last week with almost over-specialization and sometimes like hockey, yeah. a good example again, usually you're not really taking that knee past 90 degree flexion in a <laughs> hockey game. So why would you need need that range of motion, right? right. Yeah, yeah. sport-specific training. Yeah, the it's tough. Thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: exactly what we said last week. Yes. Sport-specific training is just practicing your sport. Right. right yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you Athletic need to train training. outside of that and just keep practicing your sport to get better. Yeah. But we did, it's funny, we had that podcast with Olivia Olnutt. She's a kid's partner in stretch therapy. So yeah, yeah we check out stretch therapy like if you want to go to that next level of like, you know, outside of like the range of strength stuff because they've been doing it for a long time. But she's even talked about like, I asked her, you know, what, she see, what she's seeing the most um, in terms of like, population and and things that the direction that they should be going and what they've had to do is like she was like if you look at our syllabus from like the late 90s people can't even do that introductory syllabus stretch position so they've had to like learn which is like things that we've had to do with range strength too is like always scaling back positions like holy shit this is like an intro but no one can do that and that's what's sad right because it's like now all of a sudden it's like sitting on the floor is a big deal Right. And so it's like, now you're sitting in a chair you're trying to teach someone how to move their joints. But still, and that's where it comes down to not even the willingness to coach someone to do that because it's always like, okay,
2: fuck it. Yeah, I'll just move on to the next thing. And that's the importance of that, like initial needs assessment. Yeah. Make sure they're starting at the right point and yeah, not trying sure. to get them to do stuff that's yeah. like out of their realm. Yeah. Yeah. Build Definitely. confidence at the same time. Well, it's, it reminds me of a,
0: uh, a slide I once saw with the military because the shooting stance, like in the middle of combat, in World War I, your shooting stance was you sideways sitting ass to grass with the rifle shooting. That was your firing stance because you were small, but still you're able to get up and run if you had to, and you're stable. And people have gotten to such a poor state of mobility and flexibility that now it's just light on your stomach shoot because you, nobody can get to that which act. is, worse. Which is <laughs> yeah you're stuck you there to get out. Yeah. yeah yes but that's all anybody can do universally anymore yeah like forget trying to get someone to go ask the grass I don't know what the percentage of people who can actually do it with, with uh, western civilization but yeah. it's not high no it's yeah and I mean I'm
1: ten, I just resigned from working for the military for 10 years from the fitness side and you know new tests coming out saying we're going to get members to quarter squat and measure how many times they can do that and it's very like research and development was always very much against training outside of the scope of practice well they only need this kind of range and this kind of strength because this is all they need to do sport specific basically right so what happens when they get out of that range or they get out of that position like, what happens if they fall? What happens? Well, fall? that never happens in combat. What do you say? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was always, you know. Hold like, on! I was always, like, against all the stuff that they were bringing out in there. Like, you know, we should do specific classes where we're teaching them how to move and do these combative things. It's like, well, we should, or we should just try to improve their strength and ability. So that when they do those combative things, they can actually do it more effectively,
2: get more (laughs) out of it, not be beat to hell from it. What a crazy thought. I know. It's just, yeah, very backwards thinking. Yeah. Tactical training should be like the most all-encompassing, right? Like You have to be prepared for everything in that situation. Firefighters, police, military, all the same.
0: Well, look at how many, I have a few friends who are firefighters and like there's no thought of flexibility or mobility no. drills there's no anything there's no you almost have to take it on yourself to be fit
2: yeah, right for
0: sure. a lot of people and like the police department's no different even worse actually they don't have like a lane physical once a year and the standards are so bad that anybody can pass
2: yeah it's a shame they're yeah. like yeah making the standards lower so more people can fit in right
0: yeah or just be yeah because the and the one thing is that you might may have been like machines when they first got in And, like, 10 years down the road, now, you know, 20 pounds later, you're Mm -hmm. sitting in a squad car all day, and now you can't move. Yeah. So when the time comes, you can't do your job the way you're supposed to. And I'm not picking on the police force, but it is what it is. Like, any job does that to us. But, you know, an accountant doesn't have to get up and chase someone who's breaking the law on a whim, you know what I mean? That's not part of the requirement. But, you know, it happens to us all, but for these positions where you need – where you could find yourself in a compromised physical position. Like my why wouldn't you why wouldn't you develop that range of motion yeah. and be that strong? You For know? Sure. Yeah. Imagine like if you're just into a, into a street fight, you just do the split splits and weight. <laughs> <laughs> like I, no, I'm cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You this know, guy's God. legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm good, man. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have to do a damn thing. So yeah. I don't know, to go back to what you're saying with the military, like it's just a sign of the times where they're just lowering the standards constantly and they're just trying to do what they can do. Because they, they don't know the difference. Like they're not the people who are making these calls aren't necessarily the most educated people in this regard.
2: Yeah, strength and conditioning regard for sure, right? Yeah. No, no. I'll
0: never
1: ask someone to do something I can't do. Right. I don't care how many books I read or how many people I studied move. Yeah. I'll never ask them to do something I can't do. Right. So, if you're ever going to stand in front of a crowd of people and tell them core squats is enough, you better have something that you can prove other than just research and paperwork. There's Why? Be some kind of physical capability. Yeah. yeah. How Proof is that enough? Yeah. yeah.
0: Why is that enough? You've got to be practical. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but uh, I think we'll, on that note, I think we can.
2: Yeah, i got a couple more for you. Yeah, you, you let's go, about. Derek. Let's go, man. So, <laughs> so yeah. I just, I don't know, I love the name, like, range of strength, and it, it just fits in everything we're talking about. Like, you mentioned at the start that they're kind of, like, opposing elements almost, like range motion training or flexibility training and strength. And I think that it's just such a cool, like, way to combine them together and just show that they're not so separated, that you do yeah. need strength for mobility and vice versa. And uh, I think that can really change, like, the mindset of a lot of these you know, big powerlifters or like tactical uh, professionals who do need that range of motion and are just focused on strength right now. So yeah, I think that's very important that they start to to do that and they'll see those gains really quick. Or anyone that wants to get strong, but I mean, you have people that don't strength
1: train because they feel like they have to be a world-class lifter to strength train. Yeah. So they're reluctant, right? Again, it's ego playing a part like, I'm not going to strength train. I'm going to run because I can run really good. But if you have a range strength component to your strength training, then you're training through range and you can express strength through this range that, yeah, a lot of these big strong dudes can't even bend down and tie their shoes. Right. Right. And then there's that, I, I feel like there's that motivation to, people with strength training more too which as you guys know is the most
0: important component as we get older is so strength much. training oh, I man. It so much <laughs> <laughs> I love it see <laughs> it's, yeah. it's quality of life man that's what yeah. you're going for yeah. Yeah. nobody's weak and has a sound quality of life when they're old it just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way if yeah. you ever find yourself in a wheelchair it's game over man just because if your legs are too weak yeah To you. you and yourself. what we
1: learned from our strength training journeys we learned to overcome things like even just external load or something itself or things that we didn't think we were able to do. So isn't that not going to make you feel like there's other things you can
2: do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: I think that's a a big pull to it. I want it to be a pull to people who don't strength train because they feel like they have to have this crazy amount of strength to strength train. It's like, no, you can, you don't need that strength, but you you should work towards expressing it Mm -hmm. in a full range, right? Like that's well said. And again, it's getting people, excited to say oh yeah i don't need to squat 500 pounds like i just need to build a range to do variations of that yeah and
0: yeah. strength strength is totally relative anyway like the word strength i think about this all the time like who who says what's strong was not strong yeah exactly like, since when is 500 pound deadlift the standard of a strength like it, <laughs> why is that it's just an arbitrary number that that just exists like you could be any age uh and strength train. Mm-hmm. All you're doing literally is just trying to get stronger. It doesn't matter what who's next to you is doing what, because mm-hmm. there's always someone stronger anyway. So why, why even worry about it? Yeah, for sure. Just try to be better than what you were yesterday, kind of thing. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, people get caught up in numbers constantly, and that's when you see egoless take over, and like you get the young bucks at the gym trying to bench two plates, and it's just. It's a horrible car crash yeah, to watch. Sure. You yeah. can't stop watching, but, you know, <laughs> squat's the same thing. Like, good morning squats, you see yeah. those all the time. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, why, who cares what's on the, if you scrub the, if you scrub the numbers off the plates mm-hmm. and just have what was up there, and you'd get so many people doing, I feel, way better squats and way better techniques, because they wouldn't be, they you would be able to squat by. for
1: a long haul. Because yeah. that's the goal, right? Like, you want to be able to squat when you're. You know, look at Tom Platz. He's in his seventies now, and he's like squatting ass to grass. Like yeah, the guy's
0: you know. monster. Yeah, he's just
1: got great range, and he's always expressed it that way. And he hung on to the ability to do that because mm-hmm. it was always, always expressed that way. He wasn't searching for ways to work around that, and it was always expressed in that range. So, yeah,
0: he just happened to be just freak shelf legs like because yeah. i i i he was one of those guys that bought into that philosophy too it doesn't matter what the numbers on the bar mm-hmm. he was just a guy who just could put a ton of weight on the bar <laughs> but he did what was it 20 reps with 500 pounds once mm-hmm. Jesus asked to grass too and he used to do sissy squats so yeah, yeah. he was one of the
1: only guys doing high high reps sissy squats like so his knee ability was
0: at a next level, right? Yeah. Right. So. so he had he had five he had five wheels on the bar, and he's not like, look what I can do. He's like, I wonder how many times I can do this, mm-hmm. and, and like that right. was lightweight for him. But you didn't see him like trying to crush eight hundred pounds ever, right? Because right. that wasn't the point for him. He was just trying to, well, add muscle, obviously, yeah, which wasn't an issue for him. Tool for the job,
2: mm. yeah, yeah. And it's true, too. Like, you hear people say, oh, squatting ass to grass is bad for the knees. But we talked a lot about with, like, FRC. It's like, no, nah, shitty knees is bad for squatting ass yeah. to grass. But it's actually very beneficial for yeah. all the muscles. Yes. And you watch yourself, like, watching you squat today. It's like, when you start to drive out of the hole, you can literally, like, see. I could identify every muscle in your leg turn on yeah. and that's what we want to see right we don't want to see people just driving their knees back and using quads only or just hip only we want to see like as many muscles get involved synergistically into that movement yeah definitely yeah
0: i think that's another benefit of your flexibility program because like you were talking about earlier when you're in a position you really have to think i always call it x-ray goggles you have to put it on and see what your bones and your joints are doing and cool. feel every little thing going yeah. because like that's then you're becoming bodyware, right? Mm-hmm. So that all corresponds to your squat too because if you can really put on your 3D goggles and like look at your muscles from a side point of view and like analyze muscles turning on just by thinking about it, yeah. it's, it's an insane skill that it takes a long time to learn, but once mm-hmm. you've got it, you've got, got it. You know what I mean? I, feel, I was talking to somebody, we're on a bike ride the other day, and they're like, how come I can't, why, are, why is just my legs feeling right? I'm like, when I bike, my hammies are working overtime. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I just think about it. They're like, what do you mean you think about it? I'm like, I think about it. Like, yeah. do you squeeze it? I'm like, no, I just think <laughs> about it. You're like, what, well, do you squeeze your butt? I'm like, no, I just think about it. And they are like, think about it, like squeeze it. I'm like, think about it working. Yeah. Think about Every time you push the pedal, just switch gears. and like, okay, now this muscle is doing it instead of this muscle. Mm-hmm. And that just comes from practice. But yeah. when you talk to someone who's never done that before, yeah. you might speaking well speak in German. Yeah. But like if they were to say to your course where you got a start point, mid and end point yeah. you can teach them on how to think that way and it will totally carry over to everything that you do in life as well right yeah, which is pretty nice. sweet as it's something I've never really thought about either but big time and that's even
1: I mean with regards to that aspect of range it's like we also have to look outside of the end range too and strengthen the mid range and the inner range and that's something we attack as well so if you, if you get into the real movement platform and you see like the culture of there it's like heavy partial work is highly like we we push that stuff because it's range at strength at every range like Mm -hmm. totally you need your top end range you need your mid range and then you need your end range and that's the other conception too is we don't even want to necessarily steer completely away from those ranges that are technically bad like we did that squat session we were doing the isos in Mm -hmm. the uh partial squat. Awful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> talking about that really the rhythm. So, I mean, we, yeah, we squatted ass to grass, and then we finished <laughs> with just like partial iso holes. Yeah. Right? So, cuz it's just as important to be in that position and be strong and we were trying to condition the knees a bit more. Um so yeah, it's just it is that important to bring that whole that whole picture together for people to actually identify the importance of well, when should you use this? And when and how you and
0: how you get to this point. Awesome. That's where a coach comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to figure that out yourself, people who are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Like get yourself somebody who knows how to actually program for you. Yeah. And then uh on that note, uh how to how do people find you and then how can I sign up for that program? Yeah. So range of strength um can be found on any social and
1: online platforms and range of strength is affiliated with real movement so realmovement.com you'll find the whole platform which is it's basically a mentorship for coaches or anyone that just want to wants to get better better themselves mentally physically financially so there's courses there um like for learning uh strength like range of strength then strength, the ability um and there's courses on there for like how to actually run your business and, and um so, yeah, that, that would be the platform to find all the good stuff. And then just re, if you connect with me on my socials, just shoot me a message and, yeah, I respond.
0: Awesome. Immediately. Immediately. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was quick. <laughs> Whoa, cool. it was spooky. <laughs> quick, quick. Turn I like on. it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. um, so what's next for you, man? What's, what's happening now? What's the end game here? Uh, Once
1: COVID's gone, I want to get out and tour and tour. I mean, the online game is cool, but nothing beats, uh, in-person, you know, training and and connecting with people that way. It's, uh, you know, that's the goal. That was the goal before COVID to get out with the Real Movement team and and keep touring and and bringing people together. Um, so that still is a major goal for us once that hits. And I mean, our goal is to get a thousand coaches on that platform, um, yeah, there's like 560 coaches right now from all around the world that are on that platform, which has been pretty exciting to be involved in last year. So that's the next thing, man. We just keep getting Sweet. the word out. Awesome. Connecting with guys like you. And yeah, I'll be down to do this again with you guys. Yeah, do the next direct. <laughs> <laughs> and you have your own
2: podcast, so maybe we, yeah, yeah, come, we can on our day. Yep, come on come next one day. Yeah,
0: drop the name of your podcast. What is it? Range of strength all right range thing, strength yeah, everything just, easy.
2: Yeah. keep it simple easy right
0: one, yeah so uh yeah on that note i think we'll call it a podcast i want to thank you for coming on man it thanks was great, awesome man. thank you yeah and yeah. for the workout yeah, yeah was good i, I think, think. It's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh in the meantime everybody uh stay safe train hard and uh, take care of yourselves thanks we're out If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, check us out at iTunes or Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available and subscribe. Thanks.